brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're always stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there's something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. My personal favorite is the Saucy Pork Burrito Bowl. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Hey, y'all. Thank you for joining me for another episode of My Survivor Voice, the podcast where voice stands for voices of independence, closure, and empowerment. I'm Danny, the founder and president of Arthur Memorial Foundation Incorporated, which is also the domestic violence nonprofit organization that sponsors this podcast. This month's survivor is Dominique Broomfield. Dominique is the owner of The Vision Runner, which is a coaching and consulting firm that fuels, powers, and builds women who are ready to establish a clear, personal vision for their life. And she's also a survivor who's ready to share some encouragement through her own story of surviving a high-conflict divorce. So let's jump right in. Dominique, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you being willing to share your story. And I know you've got lots of inspiration to share with our listeners. Oh my God. Yes. So let's just start by you sharing who you are and a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. Sure, guys. I am Dominique Broomfield. I am known as the Vision Runner. So I own a vision management company where we specialize and all things vision as it pertains to women. Um, I'm a life coaching service. And so one of my things that I'm passionate about is fueling, powering and building women. Um, I do that by delivering um, classes. I run a Facebook group. I have a monthly brunch at my home. And of course you can always um, buy some of my signature programs that I have out there on my website, thevisionrunner.com. But basically, we help women um, navigate transitions in their life. There are so many things that we go through as women. And through my own process and my own story, I really saw how we, I mean, there's so many gaps to fall in. So Mm -hmm. this is my contribution, you know, I guess to the world to try to fill in some of those gaps. And so we work with a lot of women when it comes to um, just thinking intelligently about where you are, about where you want to go. And we help them, you know, get a grip on the uncertainty of it all, the fight of it all. 
Absolutely. Right. So Absolutely. you only can make intelligent decisions if you have the information to utilize. So we make sure these women are empowered by having the information. Um, that they're, so they're equipped so they can make, you know, good decisions when it comes to their life. So we're, we, we authentically hold space and support these women, um, providing tools, resources and connections. I started off 14 years old building um, programs with um, my community. So I knew where the GED programs was. I knew how to get your fees waived so that you can take it. If you were at a certain poverty level, um, I had all my friends were adults. I've I've always been a big friender and Uh and they were always adults and they were managers and prominent people even when I was younger. And it's still that way now. It's hilarious. But um, so I could get them jobs and job placements. I would, So I don't know if it's still good now, but the, it was a thing called the vouch where I could just say, hey, so-and-so got it. They they reliable, dependable. And yeah. now it's a whole situation. But yes, yeah, so that's what I was doing at 14, um, wow. 14 years old in my community. So yes. Wow, 14, that's crazy. So you have a very interesting story. Like, so talk to me a little bit about that. Like, take me back to 14 when you started sure. being on your own and mm-hmm. tell us about that. So 14, uh, maybe 13, 14, I started the whole save my block mentality. I lived in the hood, you know, from yeah. Cincinnati, Ohio. So, um, but around 15, 16, I left home. I left home. I grew up in a very different home. It was, you know, a lot of verbal abuse going on there. And my mind was like, oh, I could just do this on my own. I'm good. Because, you know, I was very resourceful. So I could just, I I believed, I always believed I could do stuff. And my mother tells me stories like, girl, you always been like this. When I achieve something now in my, you know, the age I am now. Yeah, I love it. You've always been this way, but I just believed that I could. So I did, you know, I navigated out, got my own apartment and things. And I wasn't old enough to get my apartment, but I, I made business deals with individuals that was 18, 19 years old that could get my apartment for me. And I was always good with helping people with their life. So that was the business deal. I would help this person, you know, kind of clean up themselves and get their little clothes from Goodwill. And I would help them get jobs that were not in the restaurant because I knew other people in the host, mm-hmm. the hotel field, you know, think these are hospitality, things like that. So that's how I ended up out of that. But at home, You know, I had a sister with juvenile diabetes. I had a sister with chronic asthma. I'm a military brat. So I, you know, this this was before the 14, 15 year old. Um, So just imagine being, oh, how old was I? Eight, nine, 10, 11, you know, and, you know, I had to manage medical plans for my sister with the diabetes. I had to manage, um, things for my sister with the chronic asthma because of the different dynamics, you know, um, the the learning curves and challenges that my family had. And I was always the one that I didn't have those challenges. I had a high competency. I I really could digest information really fast and learn really fast. So I was able to do things, but I was the one, you know, I'm the Neo of the family. So I had to do all that. So it's so funny 
because if I, you know, if I fast forward real quick, I use, I use those skills now in my life. Right. And that speaks volumes like that. You've always had that fire inside you. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. Like to be that age and to realize, okay, like something's not right. Whatever the childhood trauma is, it, this is not normal to be that age and realize it and step out on faith to do something about it and have that, that gut. So, and that resilience about yourself speaks volumes about who right. you are as a person. That is absolutely 100% impressive. Cause you know, sometimes like in our community, a lot of communities, I'm going to stop saying that it's, it's across the board. Some communities are just better at hiding it or keeping it under wraps. But you know, a lot of times in our community, like we as kids, um, we accept so much because it's our norm. So it's, it's amazing that at such a young age, you were able to, to pinpoint that and start the, the process to kind of pivot and shift that. But I know then later on in life, you got married. Yes, I did. I, I can really resonate with what you're saying, how we think that's the way and we mm-hmm. enter into different dynamics that challenge that thinking. So that's literally what happened to me. Um, before I got married, I um, was along the same thought pattern, yeah. um, like maybe three years before I got married and I had to go to anger management. I had to go to therapy because yes, that, that literally was my reality as well. So when I got married, I still was traveling you know, at the beginning of the marriage, first couple of years, I still was trying to unpack that, to unlearn um, that the only emotion you're, you're allowed to use is anger. And so that's what I did. And everything was a fight. Either I was going to beat you up or, <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's all we knew. We were, some we were some scrappers. So, um, yes. But going, completing, completing those processes early on, I was able to tap into other emotions and really learn like, hey, you can cry. And I was like, tears? Where'd I do that at? Right. Like, <laughs> what were we crying for? You know, no, like, yeah. crying was weak in our house. That's you what it was weak. in my house. Would you cry? <laughs> if you would cry, oh, you would get it. Now, what you crying for? You got you to gotta be ready to scrap. Right. I'm like, I, why am I fighting my own brothers and sisters over the peanut butter and jelly? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> Listen, oh, it, it, oh my gosh. I can totally relate. And you know what's crazy is now I cry at the drop of a hat. If I'm having a bad day, I will go in my room and, and I'll release and I will cry. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I will cry. I'm a crybaby because I held it in for a very long time. <laughs> I'm, that's my same testimony. I'm crying several times a day. Um, good tears, bad tears, whatever. I, it's a clean, it's, yes. I've learned that it's a cleansing thing and it's okay. And I'm like, wow, it's amazing. I laugh sometimes. When I see myself operating these different modes and different elements and compassion yeah. and using, using words that are, you know, comforting and soothing, I laugh in my head like, look at that. <laughs> yes. But yes, I did get married um, in my early 20s. I was married 16, oh, I think it was 16 years. I, I was married 16 years wow. and I'm divorced now. So that's one of the biggest things that people asked me about was like, how in the world are you married 16 years and now divorced? And we've had three children together. I was like, oh, things happen. 
<laughs> and they do and anomaly me. <laughs> absolutely. And they do. And I've I've only been married. How long have we been married? Six years. I had mm -hmm. to think about no, seven years. Oh my gosh. I took a year away. So I've only been married seven years to my husband. And I could not imagine like life not without him. But I do know that things happen. And so like talk to me a little bit about that. Like going through sure. a divorce after you've been with a person for such over a decade, it's close to two decades. It, it's difficult. So what 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 growth, what's your personal growth with my personal growth and development with getting married in my 20s? I got married based upon the dynamics that I was trying to escape. I got married with what I knew. I there was no one ever married. Well, my mother was married to the military guy, but Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you know that was that's up and that was up in the air because they did get divorced eventually, and we and we had to come back to Cincinnati. We had to come back to the hood, you know. So, um, with growing and developing and marrying so young, uh, what I know now, what I didn't know then, is like we were not fair to each other. Y'all gotta grow up together, so you got an eyewitness to go crazy. <laughs> you got gotcha. an eyewitness. You got a co-conspirator to your stuff, but when you're not mature, you know, you're, you're an eyewitness co-conspirator, you don't turn them into the enemy. You know what I mean though? And so we, you know, we made some different decisions as the years went by that landed, landed us in a place where my decisions were to grow get help, therapy, and I thought that was his too. I thought we were in agreement. It, it, it looked that way. It was verbally and walked out that way, just to be fair. But, you know, um, we have the children as well. Right. So our life was an okay walk. My children had a lot of medical issues and things. So the problems in a marriage kind of get overshadowed because the kids are the focus. The kids are the focus. You know, my son had hip dysplasia. Oh. Uh, my daughter had a couple of different things go on. My my other son was allergic to everything. He had air. He allergic to the air. Okay. I mean, oh, he was allergic to everything. So it was a lot of medical management that I had to do again. Right. You know, my career, I was a big career person with corporate America. And so those things kind of took over. Well, uh, what, maybe what, five years ago, I look up and I'm like, uh-oh, I'm moving, I'm growing, I'm developing, but he's not. And what, what happens is sometimes it's like, what now, what do we do? You know what I mean? But it really got to a point where he made decisions that he felt like he needed to make for him. And those decisions were not for the team. You know what I mean, though? And there's nothing I can do about that because I got, I mean, I got so, I don't know, I, maybe, maybe I got so enlightened on how to, like, handle people I just didn't, I don't, I didn't want to make him wrong for his choices that I just got tired of that. And I really wanted to start respecting and honoring these choices, even if it ain't me, even if you don't choose me, you don't choose us. Like I, I'm just tired of 
making people wrong for doing what they choose to do. And I know it's holy matrimony and I know, but hey, there's nothing you can do if the individual does not reverence those vows themselves. So trying to argue about it, go to therapy. No, this he is making the decisions that he thinks he should make for him, independent of me. So, you know, the truth really is somebody got to make the decisions for the kids. Somebody got to make the decisions, you know, for the health and the stability of the people that still want it, that, that's, that want to live, that want a quality life. And so I just could not skip over that and, and, and just try to move past that. So the decisions that he made, I respect it. They were only for him. And so I respected that. But I'm a, I am also a direct recipient of that same love and respect. You know what I mean, though? So for me, I was like, okay, well, let's let you do that. And I'm going to go ahead and stay here with them. And I'm going to go ahead and get them to the finish line you go ahead and roll like you gonna roll. You know what I'm saying, player? Mm -hmm. Ain't no need for us to be arguing about that. Let's, you, I need for you to be great. I need for you to be a great father still. So demonizing you about your choices ain't, ain't gonna, that's not gonna help. But I don't want to stay in a union like this where um, the decisions that you make greatly, greatly impact us to the point where, you know, I'm not about to be flagged by two for one kids. I'm not about to be having a school um, psychologist call me or, you know, this different mm -hmm. stuff. That decision was severely impactful. And it's just certain things that I was unwilling to put myself and the kids through at 16 years. I mean, if 16 years, you're still making the decisions that only rock your boat and they're, you, you don't care about, or you, at, at this point, you just don't have the ability or wherewithal to kind of uh, cover us as well, then, you know, let me let you go and do that. Yeah. And, let, and, let, and, let's, and let's just be my thing. Let's just be intelligent about that. We don't got to fall out. We, you don't got to be no big deal. And I'm really big on that. Like, why everybody got to fall out? Like, it's cool. Like, exactly it's okay that we're not the best of friends yeah. yeah and that goes for any type of relationship it like you're right I've noticed that especially lately and I don't, I think social media kind of plays a part in it because everybody feels like they have to justify their actions to to the world or to their followers or whatever but it's okay to not I, it's so funny because I just had this conversation with one of my childhood friends um mm -hmm today I was in the mall waiting on my son to get his haircut and um my friend called me and we had this conversation and um he was like well you know it doesn't really have to be no I said no it's not a beef it's just that I don't we we don't agree this does not mesh and it's okay and we're going to I can love you from a distance I can appreciate you and respect you as a human but you and I don't have to have that that close camaraderie and um, he was like, oh, I love the way you put that. I was like, yeah, it's just, and we were talking about somebody else, but I was just telling him like, you know, it's, it's now like people are like, well, if we're not the best of friends or we're not friends like we used to be, then you must not like me and we beefing. No, it, that's not the case. We just grew apart or you, the, what, what you're doing now just doesn't work in my space right now. And it's okay for us to just, 
go our separate ways and I wish you well and I just don't rock with you in that way like we just you know I wish you well I want to see you do great if I can do anything to help you I'll bend over backwards to help you but as far as my space you can't be in that space but that don't mean I have a problem with you I really think had I not went through the therapy it would have been a different response I would have been <laughs> I probably would have popped off you know I, and and going through therapy what that did for me was just stabilize my emotions it let it allowed me to discover who I am and unapologetically walk in that I'm just I was just so secure I am so secure in myself that I don't feel the need to control other people Listen, Listen, this growth didn't come overnight. Trust me. Ask, ask my sisters about me. They tell <laughs> It's a journey. And I, I thank God it happened like it did. You know, I was in a place where I'm like, okay, I get it. And I really think sometimes that we are in situations and we are just not developed yet to be able to effectively manage things like we should. We don't own these people. We don't own these people. <laughs> one more time. These people belong to God. We don't own these people. So when people change their mind, they do a different route. Like they are in their right to do that. It, it don't okay. matter. It's okay. And I, 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 I hate to make it so like general and take the husband off of it or the title off of it or the marriage title. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's how, that's, that's, that's how it's going to be because Absolutely. Oh, he was a husband he was him he was a person right and so am I but I think another thing that kind of I talk about with the coaching is that we don't respect people we nasty like we 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 I've come across some conversations where the person is so disrespectful I mean well, I cussed him out. I did this like, no, nah, I'm not cussing no other grown person out. And, and, and like I said, I don't care about, I can't get, to, I'm not worried about the title part. I'm not doing no adult like that. I'm not, because I've come from that. You know what I'm saying? That's how, how I was growing up. I don't even remember being talked to until I was getting in my 30s being addressed. Right. You know, without being cussed at or cussed out. I'm at 100 with, with my own family, but. I just don't have it in me. I am not about to be talking to another adult like they some trash in the street. I ain't talking to nobody like that. And that's and a, I really think that it comes from us, something in us not being whole, whole or where we should be. And those are those desperate attempts, those desperate attempts to get people to do what they want them to do Mm -hmm. or to project on the other people because i'm gonna be honest i'm i'm 100 with you there was a time where i was not there but looking back at that time that was also a time in my life where i allowed people in my space to take me there and i felt like that was the only way to get the reaction Mm -hmm. that i wanted now i'm in a space where oh okay I'm not going to, you're not going to disturb this circle of peace. We're not going to do it. <laughs> it's not I happening. I remember feeling like just my, my hood mentality, you know, back in the day, oh, I got to get you up off of me. And so that looked like 
fighting, you know what I mean? Fighting with my mouth, warring yeah. with every everything about me. So one of my biggest, one of my exclusive things I teach, I talk about and coach about is fighting. Um, I can sit with you five minutes and see if you a mm-hmm. fighter. And they are so shocked by what I, what I say. I'm like, oh, you you like fighting. What do you mean? What your whole body just beat me up. Just your like your whole body. You know what I mean? And I, I think we are so accustomed to um trying to defend ourselves mm-hmm. that we don't even know we do that. We we fight with our body, our language. Um be, and I think people think as long as they're not swinging their hands. Then it's not a fight. But it's not a fight. But no, you 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 fight. I was like that. I fought everything and everybody. And one of the questions I ask my clients, who are you fighting? And they always go back, the world, my parents, the perfectionist. I was like, see, it's always something we fight, we be fighting stuff. All we, the time. We just didn't, you know, we didn't complete some things that we need to kind of, you know, revisit and maybe complete or unlearn some things and relearn some new things like, no, nah, you, you, you. So as, as a mom, how did you transition, make, help your kids make that transition from you and your husband being together to divorcing? I'm still doing it. It's it's, it's difficult. The decision was made. I asked them, I asked them what they thought. (laughs) I don't even know if that was the best policy or not, but I think as a parent, you are, I mean, when you really into the thick of the parenting, like, like I am like, I have to make decisions that they probably will never understand or they don't have the capacity to understand right now. They young. My oldest understood, she's 22, but she, mm-hmm. she, she, she was an adult. You know what I mean though? So she understood more and she saw more, but the younger ones, you know, they were like, okay, so we have two houses now. And my little one is like, Oh, I got two refrigerators and two snacks. <laughs> and two rooms. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, they did the kid thing. But after a while, not being able to access both parents, and then he took a whole different approach um, to how he interacts with the kids now. So it's even, you know, uh, harder for them. Yeah. They have to learn this new person that's that's pre- for them anyway this this new person that manifested themselves and they're like oh, i don't even know this dude like what but that's the stuff that i can't i you know what I'm saying? i can't talk about with my kids that's to be seen as they grow and as they you know mature and they see things that they, they will ask me questions on and i'll have to help them at that moment but i can't prepare them and try to i don't know i guess pre-coach them on what um on how another person is or chooses to be right um, so what 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 that transition looked like for me number one making sure the share parenting you know um the share parenting was 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 healthy that they would be able to interact with him and be with him and learn whatever this however this new situation looked like um one thing i had to do I was my own lawyer in court. I couldn't even afford a lawyer. I was my own lawyer. And um, I went through a lot of things on my own. I had to learn a lot of things. And one of the things that I learned was, like, you you can design this thing. 
you can design, you know, some stability for yourself. I've met a lot of women who just, it, 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 it appeared that everything was just out of control and that, um, I, I'm not saying the court system is perfect. They fail some of us more often than not. But for me in my situation, because I I was able to use some tools that I had from the coaching, I was able to kind of get through that process a, 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 a little bit more cleaner because number one, I know how to be quiet. Number two, I don't got to be everything. I don't got to be, I didn't have to be superwoman that day. I was nobody. And when I left that courtroom, I went right back to being superwoman. In that courtroom, I didn't have to be Miss Boss, Miss CEO, and Miss okay. whatever, whatever I am. I don't have to be that in there, uh, trying to make a point and prove a point. And I think that's that fight that we don't know we do. Like just learning how to uh, fight intelligently. And one of the ways you can fight intelligently was, is knowing how to be quiet. So, mm. I mean, he talks so much that he pretty much just, uh, hey. Did it to himself. To himself, you know? And if I had tried to rebuttal it, nah, I didn't. And no, you lying. Then, you know, then you're both going to look crazy. And I found out judges don't like that. They, 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 they'll put both of you in the compromising position if they think both of you are incompetent. If they think both of you are crazy, they'll make some executive decisions. And and, and so I don't seen I don't seen some people deem, deem both of y'all incompetent to even keep the kids. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Wow. So it's things that happen, but I've learned to respect people, honor people. I know how to be quiet. Yeah. Um, I know how to be um seen and not heard, you know, some of them old school sayings, you know. What yeah. I'm so is that the advice like? for a listener or anybody who comes across this podcast who may find themselves in a, a messy divorce or a tumultuous divorce or just a, a, a uncomfortable separation is that the advice you would give them is is first learn to shut it and I, I don't want to say it like that but just keep it quiet a little bit yeah, because we learn. we can be I, well I say we but I'm probably speaking out of turn for other people but I know I, I have been in those situations, not in the divorce um, aspect of it, but I've just been in situations where I felt like loud was was proud and it was going it was the best option to get my point across. And is one of the best things um, that I've seen on social media as far as the um, hashtags that where they're the whole thing about you loud and wrong I've been loud and wrong many a day <laughs> <laughs> many a days and oh so goodness. you're right learning to be quiet has proven to be like a secret weapon of mine like sit back and listen because a lot of the times and I this is new for me I'm still learning this this skill but a lot of the times when you sit back and listen people will reveal stuff to you that you wouldn't have called if you were loud and wrong. Ooh, ooh. And a lot of the times you can use those things that they re- that they reveal to your advantage. So, so I'm, I'm you're a man. And so I'm saying, yeah, that's one thing. So what's something that are other things that you would tell somebody who would be going through um, or could be going through, find themselves in a sticky separation? Uh, definitely do the therapy. Definitely, def- definitely build your team. That's another one of my things I teach is, wait a minute, let's get your team because you're going to need support. You don't want to go through this journey alone. 
And um, you're going to need to be able to be stable in your emotions. I know it seemed like therapists or coaches are, we're asking, it's like, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what he did to me. And it's like, we're asking for a lot, but no, I'm not asking, we're not asking for a lot. We're trying to give you you. We're trying to help you keep you. You know what I mean though? And when it's all said and done, you're going to need you. Your help will be gone. Everybody gonna go back to their corners. Everybody's gonna go back to their lives. Mm -hmm. But you stuck with you. You're gonna need you. So I try to teach the importance of, you know, after I got done with that divorce, I was so cool because I was there for me. Like I knew what was next. I was ready to go into my next thing. And I had the energy for the children because I still had to pour and educate and um, be a mom. And I was so glad I did not throw away my power in situations where my power was not even needed. You ever you ever mm-hmm. overpower something and uh, and it burns it, it up? Okay, so I'm I do the yard work. I mow the grass, and I've burned through the edge, the edge, the edger that gets the the, weed, the, the little string things that I go. Yeah, burned through so many of them. It's just overheats. It's just a lot of I hit it on the concrete. So too much power, and I done did stuff to it, but too much power can cause a burnout. It can cause things to malfunction. It can cause things to explode, implode. So mm-hmm. knowing how to, knowing when to not uh, active, knowing when you don't need to activate your power. There's enough power mm-hmm. already there. The judge is power. The attorneys is power. Like it's all this, the, some of the laws that protect women and children, that's power. It's a lot of things working in your favor slow down, pay attention, and read. Read to understand. Read so you can comprehend. It was a lot. I had to read so much stuff, but I ended up getting grants. I ended up being able to put a team together um, of people that were that were able to um, support me through this that knew lawyers, and I ended up getting a lawyer eventually because of that work, because of being able to... Um, put a team together and people know people that know people that know people you know right so Um, for somebody who may not have those connections do you have a starting point for them like a suggestion where they can start looking or how to make those connections because you know a lot of the times um and I'm just thinking into you know my nonprofit is we I deal with a lot of domestic violence victims and so I always go to domestic violence (laughs) situations but like in a domestic violence situation a lot of the times when they finally leave, they literally are alone. Their abuser has separated them from their family. They don't have a tribe. So any advice for those people who may not have that connection or may not have a tribe yet on how to build their tribe? Sure, that's really good because I didn't always have a tribe. But this is the thing. You always have a tribe. It's just not who you think it is. Your doctor, your medical providers, your school system, the school system. I had a meeting. There are therapists there. There are counselors there. I had a meeting with the school system and they advocated for me. They got in there and helped me. So there's, they started pulling my kids out of their classes once a week and working with them on things. I didn't even know that my school had a group for children with 
two households um, that were going through the divorce and they were trying to, you know, they had a whole thing already in school to help the kids Mm -hmm. learn. So if I never said nothing, if Mm -hmm. I never inquired, I wouldn't even know. The school system, the medical position, um, what else? Um, Your therapist, get therapy. These are all parties where they are trained and equipped to team. That's what they're ready to do. And I think sometimes we think about team, but I don't got no homegirls. I ain't got no friends. My family yeah. don't miss me. I wouldn't choose them anyway. I don't want my I don't want my uh friends and my family. I don't. I I, I did not. I do not. I did not have none of my friends or their. I'm sorry. Um, or or family members as a part of my team. They're emotionally invested. My, I can't take my mom nowhere. If I tell my mom, my mom is something, okay? So I can have her in that courtroom turning over chairs and, uh, you know, just doing stuff. But so I always had to keep those type of um, um, professional people as my team. And I leveraged it. I really did. And then the team that's with me now, these are friends I made along the way, people in the courthouse. So another thing that... Um, what happened to me, and another tip for you and your question, the courthouse, see, here, here in Ohio, excuse me, here in Ohio, we have something called a, a court clinic, and it's free. It's a free, it's two free lawyers in there who help you file your, file your paperwork, help you file your motions. It is free. You wow. know what I mean, though? You fill out this little paper because they want to keep track of how many, you know, they want to keep the data, the census or whatever the case may be on how right. many people are using this service. But you got to look, for, I didn't even know, like you got to look for this stuff, like what is here for me? So with, especially with domestic violence. So one of the barriers I ran to here is to go to I went to legal aid for help legal aid you know what I mean mm-hmm. one of those lawyer services that are free and they help people with do different issues but they they don't help you unless you have a domestic violence situation and I didn't so wow. I was the one who fell between the cracks I was like I can't get no help if somebody mm-hmm. ain't hit me so I'm like wow and well, that's so crazy how know. states work so differently because usually what you find is the help is there for you still wouldn't have gotten help in Mississippi I'm gonna be honest with you um the help is usually there for veterans um and um you know special populations Mm -hmm. but very rare like getting assistance as a domestic violence survivor in a lot of states Mississippi included is like pulling squeezing blood from a turnip getting assistance as a single mother in Mississippi squeezing blood from a turnip the only thing you'll be able to get is snap benefits and Medicaid that's all they're willing to give you you know um there are services out there but they're not easily accessible so that is amazing kudos to Ohio because there is yeah a lot of states I can't tell you how many times over and over again I hear that like I just can't I I applied but they didn't call me back or I tried but so yeah and you're not the first person from Ohio to tell me that because I I have another young lady that I talked to um, from Ohio and she had some um, situations with her kids being in the system and she was telling me how helpful 
her tribe has been, and it's been people in the that work in the system that's been her tribe. So that is amazing. We need Ohio to come and do some some um, workshops <laughs> around the states. You know what I'm finding? What's people that? go through these things and they create something. So now there's a resource ongoing for other women. So I created, you know, a nonprofit called Esteem You. And one of the things that I do is, you know, I do divorce coaching over there. And I, I, I really did add it to my business model at first to make it a service. But I was like, nah, I don't know why. I just took it off the next day. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to charge people. I want it to be on my nonprofit. I want it to be easily accessible to all. And I'll just apply for grant money and apply for whatever I need to. But I did not want these women paying for this because it's already hard enough. And that's how, that's, that's my literally, my, my testimony that I walked through and survived. So now I help the women with paperwork. I, I will go to court with you, mediation with you. Uh, I coach you. I, you know, I, I'm really good at de-escalating and, you know, I help you hone in on those behavior modifications. Um, um, I, I can help you navigate the um, shared parenting piece and how to advocate, you know, on different things that needs to be written in there. Um, one, one of my favorite things I tell women, and, and it's the funny, it, it's funny to not funny. And they, what they say, oh, girl, I know him. He ain't going. I'm like, uh-uh, you don't know him no more. People change. Okay. They back against the wall. They feel like they lost something or they feel like you... You, you, I'm, I'm just saying, like, they are, they gonna think whatever they want to think people change. And you don't make your decisions on your parenting plan based off knowing somebody. No, you have to think ahead as if you don't know this person. I would need this legally in place to secure and ensure, you know, the stability of me and my children. And you got to be able to do that. Okay, so tell me a little bit about life now. So the divorce is finalized. Um, Y'all have this plan and this system in place now where the kids are, they have their two homes. What is life like now, life after divorce? It's pretty good. You know, it's a lot of management in place. Um, Because of the parenting plan in place, I feel safe. And things... I'm tried, you know what I mean? I'm tried, but I always go back to the contract. I always go back to the rules of engagement because I'm I'm safe there. So um, it's not smooth. Everything isn't always good, but I can make it good. I determine. I determine how far I want to go. I determine how much I want to take on. I determine those things. I'm no longer... Um, I no longer have that mindset where, okay, he's doing this and and just complaining obsessively about what somebody else chooses to do. You know what I mean, though? So I I feel like I'm in a great position to, you know, just make good decisions about my life and where where, where me and my children are. My children and I are going. My kids are very vocal. So they don't want to go over there. They don't want to go. There's nothing wrong, but they're tired of it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's only been a couple of years. They tired of it now. Like, can we just stay here? I mean, we over it now. The is, the thrill is gone. Two houses, ah, they don't care no more. They they want to stay home. So, um, just getting them getting getting them through that. Now, I chose to be 
the driver 100% of their education and their medical management because, you know, I have to reverence his capacity, you know, and, and being able to navigate something like that. So I just kept the bulk of that on and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I got a lot of pushback though from my family, the people I told you, you know, and, and it's how good they love you, they care about you. So it was sure, nothing sure. negative or bad, but they all, why you got to do everything? Why ain't he, why ain't he? Don't worry about it. That's just how it is sometimes. So every everything in your life can't be fair. Everything ain't going to be 50-50. You better say yeah, that. It won't. It won't. I am great at medical management and my kids need a lot of that. I am great at some things and let's just face it. That's not what he chooses to do. You know what I mean, though? So on the road to respecting people and honoring people, what that looks like is that you may be operating more in one area than, you know, than the other person is. But it's that way in life anyway. Divorce or no divorce. It, it doesn't matter. It's whoever is able to, you know, has the capacity to, who's able to, who's willing to, they will show up more in one area than the other. That's just, to me, that's just regular life. And then I'm one of those ones who, I don't like being bothered all the time. So <laughs> I'm Listen. good. On this side, I'm I'm good. I feel a sense of, you know, freedom and security, not because I'm divorced, but because I grew up. Because yes. I, I grew up. Because I quit. I, I learned how to stop putting, you know, expectations on individuals that just did not have the capacity to do that. And then that's okay. You know, mm. um, it's weird on this side being single because I ain't been out here. So when I'm out here and I'm, and I'm exposed to our witness, some of the single behavior, I'm like, oh, put me back in. This is weird out here. Like, this is what y'all do out here? No put me back way. in, coach. I'm like, right. I'm like, mm -mm, this is what I'm content. I'm one of those content people. And I know one of the things I hear a lot about is in the coaching and just being around women, period. They are ready to get back in it with somebody or ready to marry somebody else. I'm not like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like I like me. One of the questions I get is, do you want to be married again? Of course I do. I feel like I'm at my optimist prime tying into a vision bigger than mine. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a great gal. But let's, uh, I'm going to be honest, and a lot of people don't want to say it. I'm at my best tied to a vision. So, okay. So let's tell everybody how they can, like, witness some of your coaching. It, okay, well, before we tell them that, do you do, like, are, you, are your services just in Ohio? Or do you coach women, um, like, via online platforms or anything like that? Absolutely. We do. Um do coaching online you know in the climate that we're in we i still do my zoom it's all around the world actually anybody yeah. that I've, I've been a little bit of everywhere via zoom land so um so yes um we we, def we definitely coach everywhere love it love it and about your nonprofit, because at the end of course we'll, we'll talk about um how to find your coaching business but 
about Esteem You. We talked about the services they offer. If somebody is in need of those services, how would they find Esteem You? So Esteem You is based more so for the Ohio and surrounding areas just mm -hmm. because of how things are set up when it comes yeah. to the space. Um, so, but I have a helpline. So I know, right? Mm -hmm. I have a helpline and the helpline is for women in distressing situations, not crisis. So crisis call lines should be utilized for crisis. You know what I mean? Correct. Suicides, hey, let's leave that to the experts over there. I won't, I'm not a jack of all trades, right? But <laughs> the helpline is, hey, I, a venting session. I just get this off my chest. I don't want to use Facebook as my diary. Yes. I don't, I don't want, I, my family's sick of hearing me. Or you know, let, let me get an unbiased person who don't even know me. So the helpline, you know, is there um for that yeah I remember when you launched the helpline um I think I had just started following you when you launched it and I thought that was the neatest and most intuitive idea just you know sometimes it's not a crisis situation sometimes we just need somebody to hear us and I think that is and and offer you know some genuinely good advice or or some good nuggets right. um and i just think that is amazing so if somebody needed the helpline how do they find it right so the helpline number is one nine two five esteem you so that's nine two five three seven eight three three six eight definitely can go to instagram and click on my link in bio and all the links are there but go to esteem you the vision runner book your 20 minute free consultation for the um, coaching services. But yes, the, um, the visualrunner.com backslash esteem you um, kind of lays out all the information for that helpline in the nonprofit as well. Um, but um, the helpline is definitely for um, women who can still cope. Um, they're not in a crisis. They can still think and process potential solutions. So that's what we would do. We would help them process solutions. We don't give them to them. We help them process because they still can cope. They're not in a crisis. You know what I mean, though? I so, love that. Right, they're not struggling with high-risk suicide. They're not, you know, they don't need safety planning like they're in a domestic violence situation. So we're not doing any crisis. We just want to hold space for you and be like, girl, what? <laughs> I <laughs> love Oh, I, I just love that whole idea. I love that. I absolutely love that. So um, drop your social media handles. Let everybody know where to follow you on what platforms. Absolutely. I am the vision runner on all platforms. And you will know it's us because um, my mission is always to fuel power and build every woman I meet. Um, my personal page on Instagram is I am dot Monique, where I just you know have fun you know I love blazers and converse um, I love I love especially when you put it on with a skirt that is so cute I'm I'm totally not the fashion guru and and my um my sister's best friend who listens to me and supports everything I do she actually grew up like a sister of mine she is a fashion guru she actually is a personal stylist 
And um, I always tease her like, I just want to know how to put stuff together to make it look cute. I love when you put on those blazers and that, those Converse with those skirts is so cute to me. Let me let me share this with your audience. That was the evolution of me after the, the, the divorce. I wasn't like that. So at, at the beginning, maybe the first two years before I made that decision, I went on a journey of self-development, developing my self-awareness. You know what I mean, though? Mm-hmm. Like, so that what, what people are seeing unfold on social media are interacting with me is the evolution of me. So one of the things I called, well, someone called me this and I just adopted it. I love it. But the relentless evolver, mm-hmm. I'm definitely passionate about my grow up, about my level up, about my fuel up, power up and build up. I am relentless about those things. I just want to be the best me um, that God has called me to be. And so that's why I'm passionate about working in that same space for women. Cause I went through that stage. I went through that stage of, um, cultivating the climate of self-development, self-awareness. Um, I had to reframe my perspective on how I view my obstacles I went through. Um, so I had to figure out what, what, dro- what drove me. Um, I had to figure out where I wanted to go. And then I had to figure out the best way to get there. And I needed to do it intelligently. So that is so beautiful and so dope. Just so encouraging and inspiring. That's beautiful. I love that. Well, I am definitely looking forward to seeing more from the Vision Runner. Um, don't be surprised if R3 comes up with some sort of um, helpline, not a crisis line, but a helpline. I just love that idea. I would not be surprised at all. I think, <laughs> um, hey, reach out to me. I give you tips on how I did it. I own my number. I own my line. So, hey. Yeah, we'll definitely have to talk about that because I think that could be something that's very useful um, because sometimes our clients do just want to talk. Sometimes they just want to talk through things, um, find out like, why, why am I here? How did I get here type moments? And I find myself on our business phone, like for hours at a time, talking to a client, not about services. That's why I made that helpline. I kept my number out. I had no life. But thank you so much for sharing. I know a few people personally that are going to need to hear this, but I know there are so many people who will hear this and get some inspiration. Definitely probably going to be reaching out to um, learn more about your services. So I definitely appreciate you for sharing. It's so needed. We don't talk about it enough. So thank you. Can I leave your audience with one thing? Absolutely. I want to leave your audience with don't play with you. That's, that's, don't play with you because that's why other people play with you. Okay. When you start, when you stop playing with you and you start being serious about your level up, about your power up, your fuel up, then everything else will line up. People are, people are only bringing bullcrap your way because it's already facilitated there. So, I love that. I love that. And on that note, we're going to let that sink in. Marriage is meant to last a lifetime. Most engaged couples approach their wedding day fully believing and intending this. Sadly, however, many hearts and homes end up experiencing the pain of divorce. 
This often brings about unexpected and unimaginable heartache, questions, and challenges. Is healing possible? Well, Dominique just proved to you that the answer is absolutely yes. For information on rebuilding after a divorce, visit www.fidelity.com forward slash divorce for tips on finances, health, safety, and self-care. Survivors, I appreciate you so much for taking the time out to listen to this month's Survivor Story. I pray you've been inspired in some way, shape, or form to keep on surviving. If you've got a Survivor Story that you want to share with our listeners, you can follow us on Instagram at My Survivor Voice and click the link in the bio. To keep up with monthly episodes, you can follow me on IG and Twitter at trulydanny underscore L. That's T-R-U-L-Y-D-A-N-I underscore E-L-L-E. And that's it for today, y'all. So until next time, remember, you cannot heal what you won't reveal. So speak up. Let them hear your survivor voice.